as we're preaching this series entitled Love Is Greater Than Love Is Not. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It is known uh, throughout the world as the love chapter of the Bible, and it's something that we should pay particular attention to and know it and understand it and live it and uh, let it be our guiding light and our principle because the Apostle Paul was lighting out a church that had some uh, issues. Everybody say, I got issues. You said that like you didn't say, have issues. Now, everybody, I want you to join in with us now because you have issues too. Everybody say, I have issues. Well, now you told me that. Tell your neighbor that. Look over to him and say, now, I got some issues. Look on the neighbor on the other side. Tell them I have some issues. Amen. Now look at them and say, I know your issues too. Amen. <laughs> Come on. There's some issues in the house. Amen. Paul was lining out a church that had a few issues. Uh, we got a few issues here too. And uh, he was lining them out. And that's what we want to do through this series is to get us back to love. Amen. Just as simple as that. If we want to dumb it all down and make it as simple as we can possibly make it, and that's what I say all the time, that the gospel should be very, very, very simple. Amen? Uh, it's the foolishness of, of preaching that confounds the wise. Uh, the wise people are dumbfounded by how easy it is to get to heaven. You hear that? Wise people are dumbfounded by that. You mean all I have to do is accept Jesus in my heart and believe and confess that he's the Lord of my life and I get to go to heaven? That sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? But that's the truth. Amen? And when we love him, he already loved us anyway. We're going to hear about that in a minute. Keep it simple, folks. Let's keep the gospel simple. Amen? We're a simple-minded bunch of people here at the bridge. And sure, we got some issues. Sure, we got some things going on. But one thing I want us to be known as is a church that loves. Amen. Unconditionally. And that means no matter what. Amen. No matter what. That we're going to love in spite of all things. So as Paul was lining out the Corinthian church... Thank God for last week's vision meeting and, and uh, people raising their hand and coming back to the gospel of Jesus and accepting him as Lord of their life. And there's no more of a beautiful thing that we can have as a church than people continually uh, coming to know him because we're inviting, amen, we're reaching out, we're asking people, come, go to church with me. And the way you can do that, uh, I can guarantee you this, that 100% of people that you don't invite won't come with you. Amen. <laughs> And there's major statistics out there that tells us that a majority of people will come to church with you if you ask. So think about the responsibility of that, that God has laid upon your shoulders today, the responsibility. If you don't ask them, they won't come. And the difference is being that if you don't tell them about Jesus, they won't know him. And that's a major responsibility on our shoulders. And as Paul is talking to this Christian church, he's telling them that there's all these gifts, there's all these prophecies, there's all these tongues, there's all these different things, and, and how that love, if we don't have it, we are nothing. I don't want to be nothing. Amen? I don't want to be nothing. 
I want to be something. I want to be somebody. Amen? So God is telling us here, if we want to be somebody, be known for love. And when we love people unconditionally, it will change their life. Amen? They receive rejection everywhere else they go. And a lot of people that will come to church is coming to church, and whenever they come in, they think, I'm going to come in, and I'm going to be rejected. Amen? Let's tear down those stumbling blocks that keep people from church. If it's wearing a dress, is the difference of somebody coming to church or not, coming to know Jesus or not, I don't care about a dress. Amen. I just say be modest. That's what Scripture teaches us. Amen. Let's be modest. Whatever that is, wear something. Amen. We're not going to be a nudist church. Glory to God. Amen. We're going to wear something. Amen. We're going to be modest. It's okay. Let's put the barriers down and let's lift God up. Amen. He loves us just like we are. And if you, ladies, you come in here wearing a pair of jeans, that's good. Men, you come in here wearing a pair of shorts, that's good. Amen. How he likes wearing his goofy hats. Come on in. Amen. Come as you are. We love you at the bridge. Um, as I was looking through this and thinking, how do you end a sermon series on love? Because we wanted this weekend to be a love, or this month and this uh, series to lead us through, you know, um, this month of love because of February due to uh, having Valentine's Day set right in the middle of it. And we need to speak on love as a topic because the world is on a sense of looking for love, looking for love in all the wrong places, by the way, too many places. So where better to find love than the church? And as we looked through this series and thought about this series, I was thinking through it and thinking, sadly, the world knows what the church is against more than it knows what it's for. Amen? Because the, usually the church tears the world down and, and preaches what we're against more than what we're for. But I believe that God wants us to have stands with things and know what we're for. Amen? So as we go out and proclaim his name into the highways and byways and compel people to come to church with us, it should be what we're for. Amen? I'm for the love of God being apparent in my life. Amen? Unconditional love. So this chapter bridges that gap to tell us yeah you can have all the gifts you can have all these different things and you can be known for all these things but if you're known for what you're against you're not going to really be spreading love so paul is lining the church out to tell them love somebody amen you need to love somebody you need to love your neighbor as yourself because that's what jesus taught us to do and as i thought about that type of love and and you know it goes back to scripture and the bible is full of a uh, the word love, the New Testament especially, if you read all the way through the New Testament, you're going to read about love all the way through it because it's the New Testament of the Lord Jesus Christ and he is a God of love. Amen? So as I thought about this and I've heard sermons in my life and there's this word that I always remember being thrown out in churches that they talk about the word love and what the word love is in the original language is agape, the word agape. So if you've never heard that, I want you to hear that now. There is a, the word in the original language is agape love. And the word agape is a God kind of love. A unconditional love. 
In Romans chapter 5, it says that while we were sinners, he loved us. Did you hear me? I said God loves sinners. Amen? If you go out and talk to people in the street, you'll think that the church hates sinners. Right? But God loves sinners. And if we're going to be like him, we have to love. Amen? You mean I got to love sinners? Yeah. Yeah, you do. If you want to be like God, if you want to be like Jesus, you got to love sinners. Amen? Because when Jesus was even here in the flesh on this earth, they brought the, the prostitute to him that time and, and threw her down, and they was ready to stone her. They was ready to cast their stones and kill her because they thought that was the right thing to do. Jesus writing in the sand, right? And he looks up at him and he said, well, he without sin. Anybody here that's not a sinner, go ahead and cast the first stone. And guess what? They all had to walk away sorrowful because they knew they were sinners themselves. And then she was still bowing her head down, waiting on that first blow from the first rock. And she looks up, and the only person left there is Jesus. And guess what? He had never sinned. He could have stoned her himself. He, without sin, cast the first stone. He could have thrown the first stone. But guess what he did? <laughs> he said, where's your accusers now? The world's full of sinners. He said, I love you. Amen? And he told her, get up. Go about. Go through life. And love God and love people. But he did tell her, go and sin no more. Just like he tells us. Amen? We can walk in church broken, busted, and disgusted. Like I put on the post this morning. But guess what? We can come in here and we're going to be blessed and highly favored. Amen. I'm going to walk out of here with God's favor on my life. Amen. I'm, I'm not walking out of here disgusted today. Why? Because I've met Jesus. I felt his presence and I know he's with me. And guess what? If God be for me, who can be against me? Come on, church. How many believes that's true? If God be for me, who can be against me? The devil can't do anything to me. Why? Because God is for me. Amen. Heaven's going to be my home. Amen. He can't take that from me. Why? Because God gave it to me. And if God gave it to me, the devil sure is not going to take it away. So this agape love is a love that is pure. It's unconditional. And it's greater than anything we've ever known in regards to love. And I think according to these earthly standards that we're living under, it's hard for us to understand and realize what love really is. Amen? Because everybody knows whenever you get in a relationship with uh, somebody, like when Leslie chased me around and all that, you've heard my story about that, and, you know, and she was just so struck on me and just, uh, you know, just, oh. Still is, yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's telling people the other day, wow, I just love him so much. <laughs> but you know that new love feeling wherever you first relationship, something like that, and you, and you end up, you know, you're in love, and oh, I love you, and you just, oh. Just tell you that, Sandy, you must have been telling Bobby this because you're laughing off a lot. So when you guys first met, you know, you're like, Amy and Earl, there you are. Yeah, just Earl, oh, just Earl, he's so, he's so special. Then the more she's been around, she's like, yeah, he's special, all right. <laughs> he's 
But that love, and we think that's love, right? And we, we're just so, wow. Then the longer you're with them, and next thing you know, you get married, and then you move in together, and then it's like, my goodness, why did I ever even care about them? What in the world is wrong with this? Amen. Who, amen. amen. I got an amen in the back corner back here. We're, must be preaching good. Good preaching calls for a good amen every now and then. And we think that's love, and it is. It really is. And that's the best thing about Valentine's Day. It's the time to just warm up the fire every year. Amen. Throw a few logs on the fire. Amen. Renew that thing. Come on. Love is good stuff. But this earthly version of love that we define love as, is that what God means by love? Is there a love that is deeper than that? Because I know that as you tell people that you love them, sometimes those people will let you down. Amen? Or sometimes you'll let those people down. <laughs> kind of goes both ways. But that's conditional love, right? Because the minute you say, I, lo I love you, and then you let them down or they let you down, it's like, well, I don't know if they love me or not. That's conditional love. That's earthly version of defining love. But guess what? God's love is unconditional, which means, kind of like Job said that time, he was in the, in the middle of it. I mean, he had lost his wife, his kids, he had lost his farm, he had lost everything. And he's, he was sitting in sackcloth and ashes and his friends come and they was mocking him and pointing and making fun. And poor old Job, look at you, Job. How, what did you do to, go, do to get in the shape you're in? And Job's sitting there and, and he begins to talk to his friends and he, he looks at him and he said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Amen. I think that's a God kind of love. That come hell or high water, amen, no matter what is going on around me, God loves me unconditionally. Whether I love him or not, he still loves me. And I want that term to get engrafted in your brain and also seep down into your heart a God kind of love. So if love is greater than love is not, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us all kinds of things that love is not. Love is not arrogant. Love is not puffed up. Love is not boastful. Love is not. It, it, Paul goes through and lines out a, love, a lot of things that love is not. But then he tells us love is patient. Love is kind. <laughs> love is merciful. And isn't that beautiful? That Paul is depicting these things so that we have an understanding of what God kind of love is, the unconditional love. And as I was thinking through those things, and I was thinking, is there any verses in the Bible that talks about love? And it's some of the other verses that's out there in the New Testament. And I don't have time to read these to you, but write these down if you're taking notes or if you watch the video, go back and watch it later and, and go back and, and find these verses. 
It's First John chapter 4. Actually, the whole chapter that John is just writing about love again. This is a different disciple of, of Jesus and one of the, the 12 that, John, that uh, Jesus chose to be his followers, his disciples, his apostles. And as they was there with him, and this apostle John is the one that, only one that stayed with him all the way to the cross. So Jesus ends up hanging on the cross and he looks down and he had 12 disciples yesterday and all of a sudden here he is hanging on a cross and he looks down and there's his mom and there's this one disciple left. That's the kind of posse I want, amen? That's the kind of group I want around me. I, my club, if you're in it, amen, that's the kind of people I want. One that will hang, amen? It will be there through thick and thin. So here's John down here, and, and Jesus looks down, hanging on the cross, you know, and he's within the last few minutes of his life uh, ending, and he's looking, and he's thinking, man, I love mom. I love you. And he looks at this disciple, and he says, man, I, I love him too. Jesus took care of his mom. And he's thinking, what's going to happen now that I'm gone? looks up at his dad and he said, why have you forsaken me? Anybody ever felt like that? Anybody ever felt like God forsook you? He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I'll go with you even to the end of the age. Jesus felt like he did, though. His own dad. Guess what? Conditions. Conditional type of love is not God kind of love. God kind of love is unconditional. And Jesus looks down. He's worried about mama. He looks at this. He's just a teenage boy, really. He's underneath the age of 20 for sure. For certain. I'm certain of that according to scripture. A teenage boy. He said, mother, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. Take care of her. Take care of her. What do you think happened with that disciple? If Jesus gave you a specific duty and told you exactly what to do, what would you do? I'm going to do my best. Amen? I'm going to apply my heart. I'm going to apply my life. And I'm going to do my absolute best to do what he asked me to do. You can go back and study church history and you'll see this. This disciple that he left in charge of his mama took his mama and they lived in Ephesus and he took care of her until the day she died. John. This same John is the disciple who ends up on the Isle of Patmos. And he's there and he's in prison. Man, I want a God kind of love, don't you? Unconditional. 
And Ernie, as he's there on that Isle of Patmos, he's there one day and he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Don't you love Sunday? Don't you love coming to a church where you can sit in like-minded believers and man just be empowered by the Spirit of God to walk out of this place different than you came in? John was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And he felt God. And he looked up. And he was carried up into heaven. And he got a revelation from God. And God told him, write it down and make it plain. And he did. And today it's the last book in your Bible and it's called the book of Revelations. What would it feel like if you was in prison today? And God released you from the shackles of this earth. I can be in shackles on this earth with chains around my arms and locks around my wrist and around my ankles and tied to a rock. But if I'm in the spirit on the Lord's day, he can carry me up out of this mess. Amen. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And here he is, John, this disciple, and he's there in the spirit of the Lord's day. And he gets this revelation. He writes it all down, and he's, he's just astounded by all these things. And, and he just talks about it. And this is the same disciple that wrote 1 John chapter 4 that says, God is love. He didn't say love is God. He said God is love. And it's an agape kind of love. It's an unconditional love. It don't matter where I'm at or what I'm going through or what I'm facing or what I'm doing right now. Guess what? God loves me here where I'm at right now, right here. He's here to chase me down. He hasn't forsaken me. Love is greater than love is not. And I love it in, in 1 John chapter 4. It just talks about all this love and, and about all these things about love. And go read it. I promise you it's, it's worth your time to go read 1 John chapter 4. And, and it took me back and I was thinking about, you know, John and just get, getting in the mindset of thinking about John the Revelator that wrote Revelations. That wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And, and he, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. And even as your soul prosper, I can think through that and think, man, wow, what kind of guy is this that knows the unconditional love of God? And it took me back to the Gospel of John. You know that, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is the same guy writing this. And John writes all these chapters down, and I think it's verse, or chapter 21, he gets into the last chapter of the Gospel of John, and, and he's writing through there, and he's talking, and he's telling, and he tells this story about Jesus, and after it was all over, and Jesus goes back and gets his disciples after he's, uh, the death, burial, and resurrection, and, and he goes and he gathers them all in. Why? Because God loves you. Peter had went back to fishing, and Jesus went and chased him down on the shore and said, Come over here, Peter. Peter left God. God didn't leave Peter. You may leave God, but God will not leave you. That's a revelation right there. So here he is, and, and he looks at Peter and he says, this is right after Peter denied him and the rooster crowed and, and, and he abandoned God and all this and John was the only one left, and, but God comes back and Jesus comes back and chases him down and finds him. And he said, Peter, do you love me? 
I thought I did. <laughs> no, he said, yes, I love you. Jesus looks at him again and says it again the second time. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Jesus, I love you. I forsook you. I left you on the cross to die by yourself, but I love you, Jesus. And then he says it one more time. Peter says, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Not an earthly kind of love. An eternal love. A unconditional love. You know I love you, God. You know I do. Jesus just, I can imagine that smile on his face. I'm looking down at this disciple that he loves so much. He said, feed my sheep and feed my lambs. Peter, do what I called you to do. Go and tell people about how much I loved you when you left me. That's the kind of love I want to engraft in your mind and in your heart today. That you walk out of this place thinking, man, oh man, I have failed God, and I've failed God, and there's been things that I've faced that I thought he failed me. But there's an unconditional agape love that's greater than anything I've ever known. And I'm going to walk out here today with a revelation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. But in John chapter 21, John is writing, he's telling this story about Peter. And John says about himself, he says, the one who's writing this to you is the disciple that Jesus loved. John chapter 21, go read it. The disciple whom Jesus loved. And that word love is agape, unconditionally. Because Peter left Jesus Jesus loved him. John stayed with Jesus. Jesus loved him. I think John got a revelation of the love of Jesus when he seen Jesus loves us whether we succeed or whether we fail. And I'm not giving you a license to go sin. I'm just telling you, if you have messed up, and it seems like messed up greater than anything that you think possible, God still loves you. Amen? He is still chasing you down. He's still fighting to get you to come into his kingdom. He wants you to know and live in eternity with him forever. Forever. Romans 8.35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Can anything? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we're killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that neither, that nothing, neither life 
nor death, nor angels, nor demons, nor fears today, nor worries about tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God which is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. Love is greater than love is not. Love is greater than love is not. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place, even now, to come and impact our lives. I want every person in this room just to, to pray a very simple prayer right now. Because in a crowd with people from here from all different backgrounds, from you, there's people here that grew up all different places. You've all experienced so many different things. There is a diversity here. But I want you to pray this prayer. Simply ask, Holy Spirit, say this, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message today? And I want you to listen. And expect Him to reveal some things through you.
no one looking around, everybody here with your head bowed and your eyes closed. Is there anybody here that will say, I have experienced today an agape love that I felt God's love shower over me. And I know he's chasing me right now. Thank you for those hands. More, more here. How many feels that? That there's an agape love in this room. An unconditional love that is chastening me. And he's calling me to greater things. If you've never accepted him to be Lord of your life, and you can sense right now that your heart is beating, and he's calling you, Come follow me. Be my disciple. And you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you can just sense right now that the Holy Spirit is ministering to you and you're, He's calling you, come and be my disciples. Come follow me. And you want to know God's love in that way. Accept Him right now to be the Lord of your life. It's where you give Him control of your life that you're tired of trying to fix it yourself. And you'll ask Him, come and fix the broken parts of my life. If that's you, that you want to give your life to Him, I want you to lift your hands. Anybody here? Anybody here? Amen. Amen. Awesome. There's more. Amen. It's awesome. There's others. You need to raise your hand right now. The Holy Spirit is working on you, and you know it, and your heart's about to beat out of your chest. Just lift up your hand and say, that's me. I want to accept Him to be Lord of my life. Now's the time. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Thank you for that hand. Wow. Multiple people in this room has raised your hands. All you got to say is, Jesus, come be Lord of my life. I give my faults and my failures to you, and I want your agape love in my life. And I want to make heaven my home. And I confess today I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. He'll save you right where you're at. It's as simple as that. Spirit move. Just keep your eyes closed, but just lift up your hand if you will right now. It's just a sign of surrender to him. I'm, I need some help, Jesus. Just lift your hands. Nobody looking around. Just lift your hands. all you need can he fix what's broken
everybody sing that. Yet I will praise you, though you take from blame. I will bless your name, though you ruin me. Still I will worship, sing a song to the one who's all I need. Amen.